Welcome to this week's special edition of Honestly Speaking with Tara podcast, where telling the truth in a time of universal deceit is a revolutionary act. So it is a special edition because this one is coming out on a different day, not on Tuesday, a little later in the week, because I was traveling out of the country. So where was I? I was in Mexico. If you follow me on Twitter, you'll see that I was in Mexico for a few days celebrating my husband's birthday. And we had a blast. We went to Cancun and it was kind of refreshing to be in Cancun, not on spring break. And anyone who's ever been there for spring break knows what I mean. (laughs) Oh, man. That was 24 years ago or however long ago it was. Yeah, 22 years ago where I was there for spring break. And man, it was wild times. But We had fun. Great stories that will go to the grave. But um, anyway, so Cancun, Mexico was beautiful. We had a chance to sail out to um, Isla Mujeres, which is a neat little island off the coast of Cancun. It was beautiful. The watercolors are just spectacular. So I posted a couple of pictures on my Twitter page. If you saw that, then you knew that's where I was. I cracked some jokes about not being able to get back into the country because Trump was still talking about possibly closing down the southern border. Obviously, I was flying and not traveling across a port of entry, but what a what a mess. He backed off that, as we saw, um, quickly, because people freaked out, especially the Chamber of Commerce, many senators, border state people, business owners. Folks were like, uh, you can't close the southern border. This would wreak chaos, wreak havoc on our economy. And how would this work? It would be a mess. Well, Trump may have backed off that, but he wanted to do something tougher on the border, as you saw in the news. And the secretary, now former Secretary of Homeland Security, Kirsten Nielsen, was like, "Uh, no, sorry, Mr. President, we can't do that. What you're suggesting is illegal. During his border visit last Friday, he um told Border Patrol agents to basically flout the law and just tell people the country's full, you can't come in here. This is crazy. Crazy talk. Border Patrol agents were like, um, what should we do? After the president left, they asked their supervisors like, uh, the president is asking us to do things that aren't legal. And their supervisors were like, ignore him. <laughs> Imagine. <sighs> so a couple days later, Kirsten Nielsen goes to the White House to suggest some other possibilities of things to do because there is, you know, we're reaching record numbers of people trying to come across the border in certain ports of entry, like in El Paso, numbers we haven't seen in like 12 years. So, yes, it's a problem. It's still not a national crisis, but it's a problem. There's, there's something needs to be done. And the president wanted them to do th- engage in things that just weren't legal. She said, I'm not doing that. Now, Kirsten Nielsen has done plenty of other things that were atrocious, like the child family separation policy. But Trump, that wasn't good enough. She sold her soul to, to placate Trump and his worst instincts on this issue. And finally, she drew the line, I guess, at we're not going to break the law. Well, he said, tender your resignation. So she was fired on Sunday, which began what I what I refer to. You'll hear me say I call it the chaos chronicles. Right. Whenever there's this turnover in the White House and there's all of this just chaos going on with trying to govern. 
It's the Chaos Chronicles. Well, the beginning of this week was pretty chaotic. We had the Homeland Security Secretary out of there. Then we find out within 24 hours that the Secret Service Director is going. Trump abruptly pulled the um, nominee for the Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency, ICE, pulled him, Ron Vidiello, because he wasn't tough enough, apparently. That guy has like 30 years Border Patrol experience, by the way. I actually emceed a, um, um, an Italian heritage dinner uh, for the Lidl Club in D.C., and um, he was the re- Lifetime Achievement recipient. And I got a chance to meet him and I thought he was a great guy. And like I said, I'm a big fan of the Border Patrol. I worked with them for years when I was on Capitol Hill and helped advocate for two Border Patrol agents who were wrongly convicted. We got him a commutation, Ramos and Copian. But anyway, so I love the Border Patrol guys. And um, so I was shocked when I saw that this guy's, um, Ron Vitiello's nomination was abruptly pulled. As a matter of fact, it was pulled so abruptly that people in the White House thought it was a clerical error when it was brought to their attention. They were like, well, that's not right. Yeah, apparently it was. This is insane. Absolutely insane. And then there was a rumor that there's going to be more people leaving the Department of Homeland Security. So leaving a significant leadership void. The Department of Homeland Security employs 229,000 people. Yes, 229,000 people. The Department of Homeland Security houses a lot of really important agencies whose job it is to, is to protect this homeland, including the Secret Service and the Coast Guard, by the way. I know, strangely, the Coast Guard is not under the Department of Defense, despite being a military branch. It's a whole thing. They did that. They rearranged all this after 9-11. Like, Secret Service used to be under the Treasury Department because their first initial job was counterfeiting and they still do a lot of that white collar crime that's still part of the secret services purview before protection but and that's been a disaster too for the secret service being under homeland security because it's a behemoth it's a leviathan huge bureaucracy and um it's caused some some problems with the way some of the agencies have been run, just with efficiency. Anytime you have a big bureaucracy like that, it's it's never a good thing. That's why that's why Veterans Affairs is a mess too. Big bureaucracy. But um, anyway, so yeah, you have all of these vacancies right now. There are unprecedented levels of vacancies across our federal government. I just don't understand how people justify this. Is a, that this is a a proper way to run the government? It's just not. I mean, I'm, you know, we can always cut some places here and there, and some of these agencies are bloated, and that's true. But how about the Department of Justice only has forty one percent of its political appointees filled, the positions filled, forty one percent. That's it. That's <laughs> Homeland Security right now has an acting director, acting secretary, FEMA has an acting director. The um, uh, ICE has an acting director. Board, CBP, Customs and Border Protection, acting director. Because Trump plucked the guy who was the CBP commissioner to become the acting uh, Homeland Security Secretary. Uh, McGallan. McLeanan. Um, so you have an acting there. The deputy position is acting. 
That's the number two person at DHS. I mean, down the line, this is crazy. We're two months away from from hurricane season and you have an acting director of FEMA. I just I just don't see how people look at this and think this is function. This is a, a functional way to run our government. But Trump has said he likes acting. He likes acting directors. I mean, up until a couple, uh, today, we had an acting director of the interior. Also, we have an acting director of the secretary of defense. The Pentagon does not have a permanent secretary. And it hasn't. This is the longest the Pentagon's ever gone with an acting secretary of defense. And Trump said, oh, I like acting because they do more of what you want. Well, that's great. Somebody had a great quote. Uh, Chris Eliza quoted someone. Chris Eliza, he writes for CNN. He's also an on-air commentator. And he, uh, I don't remember who it was. I think it was a senator who said that, that Trump acts like he's the CEO of America. And like his family members are the board. <laughs> Something that's to that effect. Like do, you can't run the country that way. This is not a family run business. But that's all he knows. That's all he knows. All of you people who thought that Donald Trump was this big successful businessman and would be wonderful running the country were duped. Absolutely duped. He's a great marketer and bullshitter. And the Trump organization is actually relatively small in in scope. It's not like he was running a, you know, a multinational corporation here. It's pretty small. It's like two dozen people or something like that. But anyway, so we've got that going on. That's ongoing. Uh, Trump nominating Stephen Moore and for Herman freaking Cain for the Fed. Uh, Stephen Moore is a lunatic. And he's on CNN as a commentator. I don't know if they still have him there now that he's nominated for the Fed. I haven't seen him in a while. But he's said a lot of things about economics that have been proven untrue or just not based in fact. And he's obnoxious as hell. But I guess that goes that goes without saying with a lot of these Trump people. But Herman Cain, do people remember this guy? He was the CEO of Godfather's Pizza. He ran for president in 2012 and had to drop out of the race because a bunch of women came forward and said he sexually harassed them. He also had this plan, this 999 plan, which is some kind of economic tax plan he had. I don't remember the details of it because I couldn't stand him. He was so ridiculous and hokey with this 999 plan. He would say these things that were just so embarrassing. I'm like, really, guy? Like, oh, you're horrible. Well, out of all the brilliant brains economically in the country, Donald Trump turns to Herman Cain to to nominate him for the Fed board. They control our monetary policy. It's like a really important position. Oh, well, did I mention that Herman Cain is black? So maybe he like checks an affirmative action box for the Trump administration since they hardly have any women or any people of color working for them. Speaking of, just a quick shout out to my friend Jerron Smith, who actually does work in the White House. He just got a promotion. (laughs) God bless Jerron. He's actually one of the good guys. He works on policy. He's wicked smart. And he helped with the First Step Act. He's helped with Opportunity Zones, um, some historically black college recognitions, things like that. And he's like real substantive policy things. So thank God for him, because God knows what would have been accomplished even just a little bit to help. uh, help people in this country. But anyway, so he just got a promotion in the White House. He's like um, 
director of the Office of Innovation or something under Jared Kushner. So good for him. Shout out Jaron. You got to have some adults in the room. Thank God. Anyway. Um, but yeah, th- this is just, I just think this is what Trump is doing and he has to run for reelection. Imagine if this guy wins again, what he would do when he doesn't have to face the voters again. I, I shudder to think. I really do. I shudder to think. And he's been slurring his words a lot again lately. I don't know. I mean, there's something wrong with this guy. There really, there really is. He couldn't pronounce the word origin the other day. He kept saying oranges. <laughs> now I have a New Jersey accent, not as heavy as some. But those of us from New York, New Jersey, you know, we don't say orange or, you know, so origin is not really its origin or parents, you know. So I guess he couldn't get it out. <laughs> I don't know. But that was pretty funny if you watched the video. I mean, he said it like four times. Oranges, the oranges. What? Anyway. But the um, this immigration mess, it's a... I've always believed, and I've said this on air many times, that Donald Trump does not really want to solve the immigration problem um, legitimately. He doesn't want to. I mean, there's many facets to this. There's the border security element. There's legal immigration. There's interior enforcement with jobs and employers and people who keep violating that and hiring illegals. That contributes a lot to why people come here, because most of these people who are coming here are economic migrants. They're looking to come for a better life. Well, you know, the way it's going, I mean, I hear you. I don't blame them. I get it. Their countries are a mess and they want to come to the U.S. because there's endless opportunity here and for a better life. But we can't be done this way. But a lot, there's a lot of fault with Congress and politicians who don't want to solve the problem because they like the status quo for one reason or another. Whether it's businesses who like cheap labor or for political reasons, they want people to vote for them. There's there's a lot of reasons why people don't really want to fix this. I mean, this has been going on. This has been a shit show on the border for 30 years since Reagan's last amnesty. So there's no excuse that both sides are at fault here. However, Donald Trump had a unique opportunity when he had both houses of Congress to do something of substance to fix some things, close some loopholes, tighten up some problems, fund certain things like more immigration judges and, you know, different things. And he walked away from these deals because he doesn't want to solve the problem. As long as the border is a foil, he can use that issue to run on and blame everybody else because that's what he does right? He never takes responsibility for anything. Well, he's fucking it up now with immigration. He really is. He's had opportunities and he's squandered them and has made the situation worse, actually. So, but he's not going to do that. I mean, his people, they're never going to blame him for anything. We already know this. But just keeping his people in his corner, that's not enough to get reelected. So, this is just this is just more chaos. But he knows that immigration is his bread and butter, so he wants to keep this as an issue in the forefront. So he can blame the courts, he can blame Democrats. I mean, you know, blame everybody else. And his clapping seals just clap louder. It's crazy. Well, Stephen Miller, that guy, he's reported to be behind all of these this purge of DHS officials because none of them are tough enough. Stephen Miller is a a cartoon character. He's like an evil cartoon character that has no business being in the White House. No no, No one else would legitimately hire this guy for a position this powerful like he has in the White House. 
I encourage you guys to Google Stephen Miller and read some of the exposés about him from high school, from his own family. I mean, his own family can't stand him. That's how much of a jerk off this guy is. And if you just listen to him whenever he's on television, the freaking guy sounds like he is would be he's like auditioning to be an SS recruiter. Honestly, he is one of the most obnoxious, xenophobic. You can he clearly has disdain for people of color and immigrants. Just listen to his voice. Listen to what he says and how he says it. And I'm tough on illegal immigration, too. And I think we should respect our borders and have a sovereign country. We need to fix these problems. We can't let everybody in. I'm, I hear you. But you just don't dehumanize people the way this guy does. But his own classmates were like, he was like this in high school. There's a video out there with, I, and I, I retweeted it. It's on my Twitter feed. With Stephen Miller running for student government and he actually said I'm sick and tired of people telling me I have to pick up my own trash that's what we pay janitors for and he got booed off the stage by his high school students yeah he actually said this shit he said I'm the guy that'll say things crazy enough that no one else ever say or do no kidding and now this guy is a freaking special assistant to the president of the United States making immigration policy God help us. Jesus, take the wheel. I, 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 yeah. So Stephen Miller, you know, you know what he looks like? My mom and I were talking about this the other day. If you're a Star Wars fan, I love Star Wars movies. He looks like one of the Imperial generals. <laughs> like the one that comes that that Trump, I think on the Trump. Oh God, that was a Freudian slip. Darth Vader comes in. And he strangles him because he's he defied his order or something. And he and what is the guy's name? It's like one of the original Star Wars movies. He looks like one of them with the hats on and the Imperial Army. <laughs> the Empire. Oh man. Yeah, Stephen Miller's a scary dude. I mean his his former rabbi is like, we don't know what's wrong with this dude. <laughs> his own uncle said that he's embarrassed by his nephew's positions and how he behaves and says that his own family's history of coming from Belarus as Jewish refugees in the early 20th century, that they would never have been allowed into this country if the policies that Stephen Miller advocates for today were in, in place then. So he like, he's, he's advocating for things that would have hurt his own family's migration here to escape persecution in Europe. Pretty unbelievable. So he's, he's, reviled by lots of folks even his own family and you know I gotta tell you something else so Rush Limbaugh who I used to like back in the day was actually instrumental in a lot of my Republican viewpoints back in the early 90s uh I can't stand him now but um he he put a montage together of people who were going after Stephen Miller and I was in there I was in that montage talking about how he's sitting in his perch in the White House pulling these strings and it's dangerous. Um, but the, the people like the right in the right wing media are trying to victimize Stephen Miller like he's the victim. What? He's the victim. <laughs> what a joke. Absolute joke. I've never in my life seen people become what they despise. Republicans and conservatives used to complain about liberals being the ones that claim the victim all the victimhood all the time. Good grief. 
everybody's a victim. Trump's the victim. The the media, the right wing media were victimized, all this, blah, blah. Unbelievable. The hypocrisy. Absolute hypocrisy. <laughs> Speaking of hypocrisy, Bill Barr, our new attorney general, who looks like a white James Earl Jones. <laughs> he does. I'm sorry. He does. He doesn't sound like him, but he looks like him. He looks like a white James Earl Jones. Anyway. That's how I entertain myself when I watch these these uh, hearings. You, know, you got to have some levity. I say this all the time. You've got to be able to find some humor in this, or else you'll just get an ulcer or be an alcoholic because there's just so much happening. You got to find some levity. Anyway, so Bill Barr, our new uh, Attorney General, was on the Hill testifying in front of the House and Senate Judiciary Committees. It was supposed to be about Department of Justice appropriations, of course. There were like two questions about that. The rest was about the Mueller report, which we have yet to see. He says he claims that he's going to release it with some redactions in, within the next week. We'll see what that means. But he said something that I think anyone who is watching, like those of us in the media or even members of Congress, probably spit their coffee out or slightly fell off their chairs. He said that he believed there was spying on the Trump campaign. People were spying on the Trump campaign, like people in our intelligence community. Now, that's something that Donald Trump, remember, he made that claim in 2017, in March of 2017, that the Obama administration was spying or was surveilling them or tapped, wiretapped. That was it wiretapped him, wiretapped Trump Tower. And this has been an ongoing meme, an ongoing point of consternation for Fox News watchers and the Trump people, that Trump was actually the victim here. And it was the crazy deep state that was trying to take Trump out and that there was no collusion and nothing to do with Russia and, and all of this, you know, Russia meddling in the election and the hacking of the DNC emails and the Clinton emails and WikiLeaks, all that, all that, I don't know, that all that was like made up, I guess, you know, we're not supposed to believe that at all. Okay. Well, that it was actually our government that was trying to, and Trump running around irresponsibly this week using the word treason, treasonous, <sighs> And there was a coup attempt. Dangerous rhetoric, man. Uh, Anyway, Bill Barr used similar terminology. He knew what he was saying when he used the term spying. He knew. Bill Barr was attorney general under George H.W. Bush. He's been around the block a few times. He's not some newbie. He is a long time political party, Republican political party loyalist, an insider. He's been there before. He's been to this rodeo before. So he chooses his words very, very carefully. You can't tell me that it was just an errant phrase. He knows how loaded the term spying is. Yet he chose to use it anyway. And a senator asked him, are you sure that's the term you want to use? <laughs> and he kind of doubled down on it and tried to act like the term spying doesn't have a negative connotation. And he was like, well, uh, you know, surveilling. (laughs) And then he wants to know. He wants to get into the bottom of this. And he wants to know how this whole thing started. We know how this whole thing started with Russia. We know this. We know that it started way before 
the convention. It started in the spring of 2016 with George Papadopoulos and, you know, his whole drunken bragging to a diplomat in London about how the Russians approached him because they had dirt on Hillary Clinton. And they went and reported that back to their superiors who told the U.S. government and said, hey, you might want to look into this. That's how it started. And then the rest is history. Bob Barr also said that the Trump campaign was not briefed about this, about the Russian meddling that was going on during the campaign. That's bullshit, too. They absolutely were briefed in August of 2016 after the conventions. So I don't know what game Bill Barr is playing here, but he's no dummy. And it looks as though he's doing the bidding of the president of the United States. I had Mimi Roca on a couple weeks ago. She was a, a former SDNY prosecutor. She's a MSNBC legal analyst. And she made a point. She asked the question, is Bill Barr going to be the president, the president's lawyer, or is he going to be the lawyer for the American people? as you're supposed to be when you're the attorney general. Well, I think we've gotten the answer to that. And this is not the first time. Bill Barr did something similar where he protected the presidency back when he was attorney general in the 90s. And I'm not going to relitigate Iran-Contra or Iraq-Gate. And what was Iraq-Gate? Some people probably don't know what that was. So there was a big controversy back during the Bush 1, Bush 41 years, over the United States selling weapons of mass destruction to Saddam Hussein. Because Iran and Iraq, back in the 80s, they were in a major war for years. And we backed Iraq. We did sell them some kind of weapons and what they were and whether we sold them weapons of mass destruction and all that. It's a big controversy. And then, of course, Iran-Contra. So there was an independent counsel, Lawrence Walsh, back then for years, who was investigating Iran-Contra, and he wanted access to then-President H.W., George H.W. Bush's diary from the campaign because he felt as though that would have had information, that they were it was a big cover-up. It was a whole thing. And a bunch of people, remember um, Oliver North and Poindexter and all that, you know, people got convicted, went to jail over Iran-Contra, but... Reagan and Bush escaped any type of prosecution. And a couple people were pardoned. And George H.W. Uh, Bush, when he was leaving office, there, Lawrence Walsh was breathing down, the independent counsel was breathing down his neck on some things. And they were trying to get that diary. And Bill Barr was the attorney general. George Bush asked his advice, what do we do here? And he asked him also about pardons. And George Bush ended up pardoning Casper Weinberger, who was the Secretary of Defense under Reagan, and a a couple of other people. And basically by doing that, it shut down the Iran-Contra issue. Couldn't go any further because there was nobody now that they could indict because they were pardoned. So Bill Barr admitted in 2001 during an interview on a college campus, some panel, that he, in fact, did give the advice to George H.W. Bush to not only pardon Casper Weinberger, but a bunch of other people, too. And he ran interference with the independent counsel and the and the um, congressional committees, not producing documents and different things like that to run out the clock. So the bottom line is Bill, Bill Barr has done this to protect this kind of protection um, you know, acting like a protector of the president in the past. He's doing it again. He's doing it again. Remember, this is the guy who wrote an unsolicited 19 page memo saying that 
the president of the United States can't not be brought, cannot be brought up on obstruction of justice charges because he's the president. It was his audition for this job. He was, he was selected to be attorney general for one purpose to protect Trump. And that's what he's doing. That's not the role of the attorney general. Well, so if anybody had any questions and thought that he was going to be the adult in the room and he was going to be a neutral arbiter, we're getting our answers now. His performance during those hearings this week, it was alarming, very alarming. So we'll see how much we get to see in this report coming up, what those redactions are going to look like. But the fight's not over. And I know the Democrats are not satisfied with that, with what's going on. It is far from over. He wants to investigate the investigators. You know, let's look into the spying thing. What are you doing? Um, we have an inspector general. Har- uh, Har- was it Horowitz? I think it was David. Har- I forget his name now. But the inspector general for the Department of Justice has already been investigating. And guess what? He wrote a scathing pr- uh, report. He's still investigating some other things, but he's... Uh, he wrote a scathing report that implicated Andrew McCabe and how Andrew McCabe, who was the deputy director of the FBI at the time, how he did some things that were not proper. That's what we have inspector generals for. Why are you why do you need another investigation into the investigators? Why? The IG is independent. And he's already he's already demonstrated that his independence by reprimanding and, rep- and recommending the firing of people in leadership that didn't behave properly. McKay being one of them, Peter Strzok being another. But he also said that their job, what they did, didn't ha- they didn't demonstrate bias against Trump either. So this is just a, this is now, this is really a witch hunt. If this is what Bob Barr chooses to do now with his Bob Barr, William Barr, Bob Barr was a congressman. William Barr chooses to do as attorney general, he could easily just pull the files and ask some questions. It's okay. If you want to review to make sure certain procedures were followed and everything was proper, that's okay. But we already have this going on with the inspector general investigation. So what are we doing here other than placating Trump? We've got to keep an eye on this, but this is not okay. Not okay. Just like Trump was down in Texas this week. Um, and he made some comments that were just off the wall. Uh, no, I guess I got to be more specific. He does that all the time. But he made comments about how our military can't behave like other countries' militaries on the border. Because if they get tough with some people, if they get rough with them on the border, then everybody has a problem with it. What? That's not the role of our military. That's not how our military behaves. What? Why are you lamenting this, that we have a constitution that has human rights guarantees and due process. You, you like the president is is lamenting the fact that the, that the army, that our military can't use extrajudicial killings for people to stop people from coming across the border. Holy shit! It's frightening. Where are the Republicans? None of this is okay. Just like with the with the treasonous terms and 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 pushing these conspiracy theories about a coup and the deep state. Wow. I, I don't know. I just don't know where the line is going to be drawn. I just don't. 
But Republicans are not happy about what's going on. They're not happy about the, at least in the Senate, they're not. They're not happy about all the voids, all the vacancies in our government. Senator Chuck Grassley was like, you better not be firing out anybody else because this is no way to run the government. But we'll, we'll see. What are they going to do about it? They haven't done anything yet of consequence. Looks like four senators are against the Herman Cain um, nomination. At least there's that. Maybe that'll go down. But who's going to replace Kirsten Nielsen? Who? I don't know. It could be worse, but they've got to pass Senate confirmation. I don't know. It's crazy. But anyway, I just wanted to um, do a quick podcast, kind of catching up on the week a little bit. People wanted to know my thoughts. There was so much going on. There's a lot more going on, but I just wanted to do a quick uh, special edition of the podcast this week, short and sweet. Um, And we'll get back to our normal schedule, normal scheduled programming next week um, with a new episode on Tuesday. So that's that. Um, Keep sending me your questions and suggestions and I read your tweets so keep sending them to me I appreciate it and um, I will uh, be back with a full episode next Tuesday like we do every Tuesday for Honestly Speaking with Tara so I appreciate it and I'll see you next week don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Tara Setmayer or at Honestly underscore Tara and on Instagram at the Tara Setmayer. That's S-E-T-M-A-Y-E-R. So be sure to follow me on social media. I'm super responsive. So I always look forward to hearing your thoughts and your and your questions. Um, and I try my best to, to answer all of them when I can. 